And also, again, because we've been brainwashed for so, so many years that eating fat is bad for you, um, everybody believes that, you know, that, or let me say it differently, everybody is fat phobic. Mm. You know, everybody has been eating low fat diets for a long time. Absolutely. And we were told, you know, low fat diet, increase your whole grains, eat the healthy foods. And so everybody does have this fat phobia. But fat does not make you fat. Right. This is the Peaks Audio Experience. So welcome back to the Peaks Life daily chat mm. and heard this today and wanted to chat with you about it things that uh, annoy me much annoys me so but it, is, it is annoying when people put so much effort into becoming well mm. changing their life and in a lot of instances that's that's around the, the ketogenic lifestyle put so much effort in and they plan it they communicate it they execute it and then the bloody naysayers the naysayers come along and go you can't keto, or you shouldn't be doing keto, or why are you doing keto, and they challenge them. So what I wanted to do is just to help out those people who are tuning in, because I know there's a lot of people out there who are either just starting keto or going through it. I think both of us went through this to some degree. When you say to someone, I'm doing keto, many people have an opinion, and their opinion is often based on their experience or their exposure. Or their education around keto and that's sometimes woeful but they have they feel the need to give commentary and a lot of it is negative they give negative commentary for a whole bunch of reasons so i thought if we could help those people tuning in with maybe the top five naysays and how to rebut those yeah no look i think you know there are a lot of people out there mm. who would love to know more about keto but they're too afraid to ask Yes. They're jealous of people's results. Yeah. And so a lot that, of jealousy there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot of jealousy and, and you know, they're envious. So that mm. comes out in, in challenges and pushbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there are also a lot of people who believe what we've been told for the last 30, 40, yes. 50, <clears throat> 60 years. Yes. Um, you know, and for generations of people who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s, you know, they basically grew up with all the myths mm -hmm. and the lies that are around at the moment yes. that are now being debunked, that are now being challenged and, and pushed back. And what we know now is that what we were told 30, 40, 50 years ago is wrong. Is wrong. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, I mean, we were taught that incorrect way of eating for many, many years. And for a lot of people, it's very difficult to change mm -hmm. their core belief if they were brought up with high carbohydrate, low fat type, you know, sort of type uh, conditioning, then it's very difficult. All right, so I'm going to put on my best naysayer voice. And <laughs> Not I've, the squeaky one, please. I've actually written down the top five today. That's how, that's how serious they are. And then my best naysayer voice, I'm going to say, Lynn, keto is just not sustainable, so you can't do it long term. Well, so the first thing I'd be saying to these people is, well, what do you mean about sustainable? You know, what, what, what are you talking about, sustainable? Well, I think the, the challenge here is people see that um, there's a fair bit of effort involved in being strict keto, especially. Um, and, you know, it takes a little bit of while for people to change their routine and get comfortable with it. And I think there's two things. First of all, I think people think it's not sustainable because it involves a fair bit of food preparation and planning and so it's it's almost a long-term it's not a diet it's a long-term eating plan and then i think they're also questioning the sustainability is it so safe for your body to be ketogenic for life and i think you know 
when when we break this one down, mm. the ketogenic diet, well, when we don't usually use that word diet, but we'll call it the diet for now. Mm. The ketogenic diet came originally from work that was done on epileptics. So it was used as a, you know, it was a therapeutic intervention. Yes. Something was used to control epilepsy. And I think anything that's used in that therapeutic context or medical context gets labelled as something that's only for sick people or yes. only for people with epilepsy. Yep. It's not for the general population. But what we know is that the keto diet and the keto lifestyle have benefits for fit people, for sick people, anybody battling major diseases. Mm -hmm. There's very few people who shouldn't do keto. So we've been able to prove through lots of studies that it's very, very safe. Um, it's very possible to do keto long term and for it to be sustainable. There's no adverse effect to being in ketosis, which is what you are if you're on the ketogenic diet. There's no adverse effect from being in ketosis all the time, long term. Now there are people around who would, who would advocate perhaps, you know, you should cycle carbs. You might have one or two carb days a week. And there's a lot of different views out there. So, you know, not saying that they don't have valid views because they all have an interesting perspective on things. But if you look at the long-term studies, of which there are actually quite a lot, because we've been using the keto diet since nine, the 1920s mm. to treat these people with epilepsy. So it's one of the very few diets that's been around for time. almost 100 years. Yes. And in that period of time, we've been able to study large groups of people and see the effect. And it's been proven to be safe long term. So is it sustainable? Is it yes. safe long term? Yes, it is. Yes. It's been proven. It's been proven with children and adults. Mm -hmm. It's been proven in a medical context and on general populations. All right, then. So you've got me on the first one. <coughs> but there's a lot of fat, and fat makes fat. That can't be healthy. <laughs> so this is the this is the classic. <laughs> the classic this, challenge. This is the classic myth that fat makes you fat. Mm. So when you eat fat, you get fat. Mm. And that's, you know, if you think about it, why do people think about this? If I take butter mm. and, you know, I look at it and I say, that's fat, and the stuff on my stomach, the roll on my stomach is fat, well, they're the same thing. So therefore, if I consume the butter, it's going to end up on my stomach. Yes. So I completely understand where people are coming from with that perspective. Mm -hmm. And also, again, because we've been brainwashed for so, so many years, that eating fat is bad for you. Um, everybody believes that, you know, that, or let me say it differently, everybody is fat phobic. Mm. You know, everybody has been eating low fat diets for a long time. Absolutely. And we were told, you know, low fat diet, increase your whole grains, eat the healthy foods. And so everybody does have this fat phobia. But fat does not make you fat. fat. So when you eat fat, what happens is when I eat fat in my diet, if I'm not eating carbohydrates, then that fat will go into the body and the liver will process that fat and it will manufacture ketones. And those ketones are what the body uses for fuel. When I'm in ketosis, if I then add in intermittent fasting, what I do is I push my body deeper into ketosis. And because I've limited my calories, my food intake, I'm actually going to eat my own fat. Mm. So the body's gonna eat its own fat stores. So fat doesn't make you fat. What does make you fat and what makes you very ill and unhealthy is eating fat and carbohydrates. Yes. So if I'm eating lots of bread and pasta and pizza 
and I put fat on top of that, well, that is a recipe for disaster. That will make you fat, it will damage your body, and it will make you very sick eventually. Good. So we've debunked myth number two, fat does not make fat. Fat does not make <coughs> fat. But keto is a high-protein diet. There's just too much meat. And this one is a real big misconception. <laughs> yes, all the, uh, all the naysayers out there think you have to have copious amounts of meat or protein. And, you know, I think where this came from is when the keto lifestyle, the keto diet first became popular, mm. you would see lots of pictures out there of big juicy steaks or yes. bacon and bacon mm, and eggs. Mm, mm. And people started talking about bringing back traditional breakfasts especially. So, you know, for the last 20, 30 years, people have been eating, you know, cereals and Pop-Tarts and bread Toast, and yeah. toast and croissants yeah. and bakery items all for breakfast. And, you know, so everybody's got used to eating a carb-rich breakfast. So in comes keto and people start, you know, putting pictures out there and photographs out there of these beautiful traditional breakfasts, the bacon, the eggs, the steak, the sausages. And so we've got a breakfast, and if you think about one of those big breakfasts, you know, big traditional breakfasts, there's actually quite a lot of meat in it. There is, yeah, absolutely. And so if you're somebody that doesn't love meat, mm. you know, or even if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you see that, and you see that publicity mm. and propaganda, and you start to believe that keto is actually quite a high-protein, high-meat diet. And because I think there have been diets that have come before it where people have said to lose weight, you need to eat a lot of meat. The Atkins diet, of course. you know, was very much a, a, a meat and some, some fat on the side sort mm. of diet. So people have got this misconception that keto is all about meat. The reality is very, very different to that. It's quite a small percentage of the, uh, the overall, isn't it? It is. It's a moderate to low protein diet. So what is high is, is the fat. We take our calories in keto from fats. We remove the carbohydrates. And there's a bit left in the middle when we look <laughs> at our macros, and that's protein. Yes. But to kind of put it in perspective, for somebody of my build, and I'm what, about 110 pounds-ish? Um, so at about 110 pounds or about 50 kilos, the amount of protein that I would eat, or the amount of meat that I would eat, I would have probably at the very most 150 grams of meat. So not protein. 150 grams of meat in a day. Quite a small um, serve, isn't it? So what's that? That's you know, <coughs> six to seven ounces, let's mm -hmm. say. It is quite a small serve. And I'll eat that either in one sitting or in two sittings. So maybe a bit at lunch and a bit with my evening meal. That is not a lot of you know meat. And if I take that back to its protein content, I'm looking at perhaps mm, one and a half to two ounces maybe around 50 grams of pure protein. Yes. And again, that's not a lot. So just think about that. You know, I'm looking at the palm of my hand and I'm saying that palm of my hand, probably one and a half times, yes. is the amount of meat that I'm going to eat. In the entire day. In an entire day. Yes, that's not the huge steaks of your meals. It? It's definitely not. The, I, first of all, I could never consume something of that size. Absolutely. Um, if I was looking at a steak, it would be a very small piece of steak, perhaps you know, 90 grams or three ounces at, at the very most. So that's actually quite a tiny little stay. Mm. And then I'd surround it with the vegetables, you know, with my healthy fats, perhaps with some olives, some nuts, some cheese. So I'm going to have a, a plate where really meat is 
the smallest part of my plate. Mm -hmm. So it really is not a high protein diet. Excellent. All right. Um, challenge number four. Bring it on. <laughs> With keto, you don't get all the nutrients you need. Uh, and, this, and again, this, this, this one is a... I think a, a challenge that's been around for quite a long time, not mm. only in the, the context of the keto lifestyle, but also in some of the other lifestyles, mm. like mm. the Atkins diet, yes. and maybe even paleo. Mm. So what people are saying is by cutting out food groups, you're at risk of nutrient deficiencies. Okay. So when, what they're talking about there is they're first of all talking about whole grains. And again, remember we've been bombarded with information that tells us that whole grains are healthy grains are healthy and for absolute sure there are nutrients in grains but those nutrients are hidden in a protective shell that's you know almost impenetrable so when those grains get into the body the gut has a hell of a job to try and break them down yeah. and digest them so good luck with getting your your nutrients from the <laughs> grains because yeah. it ain't that easy so grains we're cutting them out but to be quite honest i'm personally very skeptical about what we take from our grains. Then we've got vegetables. So we do eat vegetables, and it's another myth that we could debunk. <laughs> we do eat vegetables on the keto lifestyle. Some people do really well on vegetables, and some people just don't process vegetable fiber at all well. Mm. So for a start, not everybody's created equal. And then what we do is we do, we do favor the above ground vegetables, the green leafy vegetables in the ketogenic lifestyle, we don't eat the below ground vegetables because they're starchy, they're high in starch and sugar, they're high in carbohydrate, and so we don't eat them. And also what we get today, not the vegetables that our bodies were basically, you know, designed. used to, yeah. designed for years ago. So yes, we're cutting out some of those vegetables, but remember what I always say, and we talked about this on keto fruit and veggies, mm. your vegetables are grown in mineral deficient soils. They are. So the soils are so overworked. The yeah. commercial vegetables. It's yeah. different if you're growing these in, in your back garden. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so um, we'll put a caveat in there. If you do grow your own, you're probably getting a lot more nutrients anyway. But look, we're, we're talking about the commercially grown vegetables. Nutrient, um, the nutrients have gone from the soils. They're transported. They're picked before they're ripe. And then they're, they're stored in warehouses for weeks or months. Yeah. So by the time you actually get them onto your plate, there's nothing left, there's nothing left yeah, anywhere. Absolutely. Um, everything else, the minerals, the vitamins, we can actually get from the meats, the good quality meats, the grass-fed meats, from the healthy fats that we're having, from the nuts, from the cheeses. So it is absolutely possible to get all of your nutrients very easily on a keto lifestyle. Not only that, they're in a form that the body can actually digest and, and absorb and use. Yes. And just to add to that, just to give a little bit more pushback on those naysayers, because in the keto lifestyle, the keto diet, it's very, very good for inflammation. So it dampens down inflammation in the mm -hmm. body. It really works hard to heal the gut of all the problems caused by the grains. And so what we end up with is a body that's in perfect condition to absorb everything that we give it. So you don't need the quantities of nutrients. You don't need the supplements. Mm -hmm. And then because you're getting a whole foods diet, you're not eating processed or packaged foods, yep. you're probably getting way more, way, way, way more um, nutrients than the average person who's eating junk foods and takeaway mm. foods. So you've debunked another one. Indeed. And I've saved your money because 
You're not having to have all those expensive supplements. <laughs> winner, winner. Um, keto is not healthy. It just dehydrates you. <laughs> and again, this is a really interesting one. And, and a very popular one, isn't it? Ah, I've got to get technical on this one. Sorry. Go, go deep and technical. All right. So why does why does that myth occur and that challenge occur? Because there's a lot of information around about how when you go on keto, you lose water. And so because of that, you will see when you Google dehydration and keto, you will see lots of information around you must, must, must drink water. Mike, you must drink water. You must drink water, you must replace your electrolytes. And so people look at that and they go, oh, that's a bit scary. Mm -hmm. Am I going to get dehydrated? And they hear that, they hear the fact that in the first few days you lose all this water weight, and so they start to worry about it. Yes. They worry about the kidneys, and they worry about, you know, causing kidney damage. All right, so where does it come from? That myth comes from the fact that when you're a carbohydrate eater, so when you eat your pizzas and your pastas and your breads and all those things, basically your body is storing glycogen. So it takes those carbohydrates, turns them into glucose, it basically then stores, the liver then converts it and stores glycogen in the muscles and in the liver. And it has to use water to do that. So okay. wherever you've got this glycogen stored, you've got water stored with it. Right. Now when you switch over to keto, you don't need that glycogen anymore. So basically your body burns through what it's got, a couple of hours worth. Once it's burned through it and your body realizes that it's not getting any more carbohydrates, it no longer needs that water and there's signals that go through your body to tell your kidneys to release the water. Yes. And that's because you simply don't need it. Mm. You had to have it when you were in the carb state because you had to hold the glycogen in your muscles. Mm -hmm. So there is a scientific reason why your body holds on to water. Yes. There's a scientific reason when you go into ketosis that you release the water. Yes. So the first couple of days you do release water. That does normalize. So it doesn't continue to be lost. It just balances out. But on top of that, when you lose that water, when the water goes through you, you lose some of the important electrolytes, which is the sodium and potassium often goes with it. So all you've got to do when you're on keto is to make sure that you drink water, which is the advice we give to everybody on every diet. Absolutely. And you have a bit of Himalayan pink salt or a nice sea salt. And what that's gonna do for you is give you sodium Make sure you've got the right sodium balance in your body. When you've got the right sodium balance, potassium will balance out as well. You'll get potassium from your foods, things like avocados and spinach. Yes. So you've got lots of natural sources of potassium. Your electrolytes will, in, will be in balance and you won't be dehydrated. You won't feel dehydrated. Mm. You'll actually feel great. Absolutely. All right. So definitely a challenge that can be pushed back and that naysayer can be put to bed. What about this one? Keto is not good for you, it increases your chance of heart disease. Well, again, this is an interesting one because it comes, <laughs> comes from that same place that we talked about earlier. We yep. have been told for years and years and years, fat is bad. Mm. Fat is bad for your heart. Eating fat will basically give you heart disease. Mm -hmm. And that's because way, way back, a guy called Ansel Keys came up with this theory. He did lots of research, and lots of studies, and then he selected certain data so he didn't do it analytically he didn't carefully Choose use all of his results he chose 
the results that would support a theory. And his theory was that heart disease was caused by fat, and fat also caused high cholesterol, and those things all contributed. We now know different. We now know different. We now know that it's actually not the fat that causes heart disease, it's the sugar and carbohydrates. What we now know is that fat is essential in the body because fat makes cholesterol. The body transports hormones around the, the body. The body transports hormones on the cholesterol molecules. Mm -hmm. So we need the fat, we need the cholesterol, otherwise our bodies don't function well. We get tired, um, we have hormone problems, we have mood swings, we get depression, we get anxiety. So fat is really important. Fat doesn't clog up your arteries, it doesn't do all those terrible things that you're once told. Sugar and carbohydrates do, and those bad fats, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, the omega-6s, the, you know, the safflower, sunflower, canola oil, those industrial seed oils that are highly refined, these are the ones that cause the damage. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip into a story just to add a bit more value on this one. Um, so my father, not everybody knows this, but my father died age 50. All right, and he was a working guy, so he was working class, and worked in steel mills. He consumed a lot of carbohydrates. He ate white bread, he, um, he, everything was white. He'd make a sandwich with white bread, uh, chips, crisps, um, lard, so fat from, uh, from, from, from animals, and then he'd salt it. Um, and he ate copious quantities of carbohydrates. He also drank an enormous amount, um, and he smoked. Now, when he, so he died age 50 of a massive heart attack. So when we talk about heart disease, this guy basically died in his sleep, two o'clock in the morning. Nobody knew that he'd had the heart attack. It was so big it killed him outright. Now, after that, everybody at the time said he had cardiovascular disease, so heart disease, caused by fats, because he ate a lot of lard and he ate all sorts of fatty meats. Mm. Everybody said, that's why your dad died. So for many, many years, I was freaked out about eating fat and I was freaked out about my heart health because my dad died age 50. So I went lower and lower and lower in fats in my diet to the point where I almost didn't have any fat. And my health declined and declined and declined hand in hand with the reduction in fat. Nothing really changed in my cholesterol, but I started to feel tired, moody, irritable, fatigued, I didn't sleep well. Everybody told me to eat more carbohydrates. And this went on for many, many years. And I tried all sorts of changes. I went vegetarian, I tried everything. Eventually, I found the keto lifestyle. And I went on to keto, but I was absolutely terrified. I was terrified because I thought, if I eat fat, then I'm gonna have heart disease. Of course, because yes. of, you know, that's what happened to my dad. Yeah. <clears throat> but I read all the, the research, I read all the information. And when you actually read the proper research, the scientific studies, it's very, very clear that it's not the fat that causes it. If I go back to my dad's case, it wasn't the limited amount of fat that he ate, it was the fact that he smoked, he drank heavily, he would have six to eight pints of beer a day, every day of his life, and he consumed enormous amounts of refined carbohydrates in the form of white bread, pasta, um, uh, pizza, all of that sort of really nasty, carbohydrates, he'd eat lots of starchy vegetables, lots of potatoes, and he would load up, because we weren't well off, 
it would load up on those cheap carbohydrates. Yeah. So I very firmly believe that my dad died of the carbohydrates that he ate and drank and the yeah. fact he smoked and not because of fat. So if I'm confident to eat fat and have the keto lifestyle. With your background. With my background <laughs> and only a couple of years from being 50, yes. then you know I think that that should debunk the myth. All right, last challenge for you. Keto is too expensive and too time consuming. Is a common one. It's a very common one. <laughs> and so many of my friends, so many people I meet say this to me. They say, oh, Lynn, you look amazing. You look great. You're in amazing shape. You work out but... every day. You're beautiful and toned. Your skin's great. Your eyes are clear. Your eyes shine. But isn't it hard work? Yep. It costs a lot. You, you know, you must be able to afford it. And, you know, I don't have the time for it. I'm going to really push back on that. When I first went on to keto, I would say, yes, it took me a bit of preparation time because mm. I had to get my head around what like, I could Like anything you do, you have to, you have to figure yeah. out what to do. You have to research the recipes and Absolutely. you have to learn how to make them and you have mm. to do a bit of food prep. Mm. But now I can honestly say that I don't spend any more than 30 minutes a day on my food preparation. Mm. I totally agree. Because, you know, on a morning, I am bullied. I do make you do it. Tell me how is juice spent. No, oh, no, I no. Spend, uh, no, just hours, kidding. No. no, but once you do become comfortable with food prep, you're right. So, I mean, basically my morning, I don't have a morning breakfast, so I save all my food preparation for mm -hmm. breakfast. I have a bulletproof coffee, which takes me two minutes to make. I then have a small lunch, which might be some, you know, some uh, cooked meats and some cheeses. I then have a, 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 an evening meal, which might be a small piece of meat, some vegetables and some fats. Everything is prepared and you know cooked in less than 30 minutes total. Mm, absolutely. And it's not expensive. And the reasons it's not expensive are you can use all sorts of interesting cuts of meat. Yes. Which I'll, you know, I'll come back to in a second. You actually don't eat a lot of quantity because we're eating a lot of fat, which means our meals become much, mm. much smaller. We're not snacking continuously. Like I said, I have two meals a day and a bulletproof coffee. That's it. That's not a lot of food compared to in the past where I would have had five to six meals a day and snacks in between. In the past, I would have eaten expensive protein powders and supplements. Whereas now I go to the farmer's market, I buy beautiful vegetables, amazing grass-fed meats, and I buy my oils and, and butters from the farmer directly. So I'm getting really great prices. I buy seasonal produce, and seasonal produce is always cheaper. Absolutely. I don't buy all the imported fruit and veggies that we bring in at all times of the year, and they're the expensive ones. When it's not in season, it's expensive. Mm. Um, and I'll just give you a really quick example of a, a meal I made a couple of weeks ago. I bought a kilogram, that's 2.2 pounds, of gravy beef. Now, gravy beef is a very cheap cut of meat. The reason is it's tough as all, you know, tough as all bones. It really is tough as anything. And it's got all sorts of cartilage and chewy bits in it. So you've got to cook it long. So I chucked it into my slow cooker. I added a bit of tomato paste, a bit of turmeric, lots of garlic, some mushrooms, salt and pepper, apple cider vinegar, a bit of water, and I cooked it overnight for 12 hours. The next day, it was melting your mouth tender. The taste was amazing from all those beautiful ingredients that I added that were incredibly cheap. Mm. And it made nine individual portions wow. for me. Wow. So, and that cost me 
about 15 US dollars. Okay. So 15 US dollars and I got my protein portion of my, my main meal for nine days. Wow. So less than $2 a meal. All I had to do was add a bit of vegetables, you know, a small portion of vegetables, something like broccoli or zucchini and some nice fat. So I had olive oil and then I've got an amazing meal for about $2.50. Yep. <clears throat> and there's many, many stories of where because you're taking those those wholesome products, you don't need the large amounts. They're very rich. Don't need the large amounts. There's lots and lots of stories, and we we play every day in the keto kitchen, we and we create all sorts of little meals, and they're not expensive, and they're certainly not time consuming. And we don't we don't prepare in advance. We don't. As we, I said, I used to, but I don't now. Mm. And I'm gonna just add a couple of things onto that again, oh, just a bit more value for the listeners. At the end of the day you also will probably find you come off many of your medications. Yes. Many, many Very diabetics true. are finding that they're coming off their medications. Yep. You will probably find you do not need the supplements. Mm. And many of the supplements we take are filled with artificial uh, fillers, yep. um, flowing agents and all sorts of things. Yep. You don't need the expensive snacks. You don't need the prepackaged snacks. We spoke about that, didn't we? We did. <laughs> we did. We did a whole episode on it. Yes. You don't need all the expensive protein powders, mm. and you won't have the medical bills to boot. So when you take all of that into account, mm. it's not only the food, the savings that you can make on all these other areas will yeah. really be quite significant. Your healthcare cost will come down dramatically. And your wellness feeling will go up dramatically. Indeed. So there's always going to be naysayers, and you know, often. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get away from people who, are, as you say, are either jealous um, or ill-informed mm. or mean well for the person, but they're just ingrained in their own belief and they have to provide their own commentary. But I think it's important whoever is tuning in, going through this, where someone challenges their choice to go keto or follow the keto lifestyle, to be really proud and loud and confident and comfortable. Mm. This is a great way of eating. And anybody who gives a challenge, you've given some great advice on how to rebut the challenge, mm. how to have those really healthy conversations with people. Because if you just let the challenge go, you're really not helping that person understand anything about keto. But if we meet the challenge head on, so look, I understand your perspective. However, did you know that? And from research, we now know. And that's what a lot of people think. But, and you can actually have some really good conversations. And you and I have both had conversations with people who have challenged us over the time we around around keto and a lot of those people as we well know in the fullness of time are now becoming keto advocates because they've taken the challenge they've done their research they've reframed their thinking they've realized that maybe there is something in the keto lifestyle and they've become great keto advocates as well and i think you know probably some final takeaways mm. are trust in the process yeah, absolutely this gets results if mm. you want more energy better sleep a better body better health and to lose weight then keto can do that for you mm. so trust it trust the results you deserve to get those results mm. and you will get those results see it through yes people are going to challenge you but be absolutely confident in what you're doing mm. you're doing amazing things for your body give yourself 90 days and then when people see you in 90 days time, Absolutely. when you're looking amazing, you're yep. feeling amazing, yep. I can guarantee they'll all want some. <laughs> and that's why so many of our friends and family have jumped onto oh, keto. A little bit of a magic formula. So good luck. 
You can do it. Believe it. It will work. Challenge the challenges. Put them back into their cardboard box. Their cardboard box. See what box. Oh. oh, see? A keto joke. A keto human. We should stop that. Stop that, mate. That's enough. Stop. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the Peaks Audio Experience. Make sure you've subscribed and please share the podcast. And more importantly, don't forget to tell all your friends it's awesome, it's amazing and inspiring. And send us your hot topics to cover on a future episode. For now, have a great Peaks day. (laughs)